0: Hey guys, Pete Comerford, Michael Bolton.
1: The Metal Guys. Cheers, Mike.
0: Um, Today's podcast is uh, a new one for us. It's the first time we've had a guest on. Um, We had Robert Bryan from Clock the Metals talking about his journey and, well, the journey from bottom to top, really. Um, How did you find doing the podcast? Because it was obviously a little bit different from the first two we've done, Mike. It was completely different and it was bloody manic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I organised it at six, expecting, yeah. you know, to have a bit of prep talk. It was like the busiest day of the year. Yeah. Out that's, of January, lot, February yeah. and June that we've been open.
0: Yeah, it was it was busy, wasn't it? Yeah. Apologies for the uh, extremely late booking of Zoom. Pete, I never expect any more anything <laughs> less than you. <laughs> Honestly,
1: the expectation of when you're organising in anything, I know exactly how it's going to go. Always gets done. In the end, yeah. Always gets done. You're like June White on deadline day, mate. I know yeah. flapping.
0: I do like a a thirteenth hour deal. <laughs> yeah,
1: Harry read that mate.
0: <laughs> but yeah, what did you what did you think? Yeah, about-
1: to me, like I love listening to, to what he had to say about his career because mm-hmm. you know, I've worked in some big groups and to go from a warehouse operative up to board level in the UK for Klockner is just outstanding. It's like a one off really, isn't it?
0: You know? Yeah yeah it was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, you were really interested in the kind of the personal development side that Rob spoke about, particularly the stuff you know outside of work and I think anyone listening who is kind of starting their career or is maybe um has been in the metal industry or engineering sector for a number of years now it's interesting to hear that kind of story really, and the keep yourself focused but also keep developing yourself so you can take those opportunities as and when they yeah. kind of...
1: That's what they get as far as they do, don't they? They think different to most people. And I've been in big companies. You're looking for the company to almost offer you support of progressing you and developing you. But really, it's like Rob says, yes, the company, it's in their interest to do that because it's good for them. But really, it's your own interest of developing yourself. Yeah, Way more important than any company ever looking to develop you.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Rob is someone that we're going to try and get on and feature on some podcasts going forward as well. We've had a lot of people who've been interested in the podcast and coming on, but none everyone... of them had the minerals. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it. Everyone's been bottling it. Haven't they saying, yeah. Oh yeah, well, come on. But I want to listen to one first. I want to hear someone else yeah. go on. So we're uh... talking
1: to you, Neil first
0: and oh, stainless. <laughs> <Yeah>. you bottler. <laughs> yeah. And James <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the rest <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> But uh, yeah, what we thought was also quite interesting in the, the pod today is after, um, after we speak about the kind of career progression, we talk a little bit about Rob's role at Clock now, being as it's a big company, uh, and also some of his thoughts on you know, e-commerce and websites and the kind of transition away from the traditional style of sort we just let Rob talk? What? yeah no no I'm just saying what? Like, no, you... no, no, we're waffling now Pete. no 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 I'm not I'm people not. are fast forwarding no they're not <laughs> no, no, no they are now what they're listening thinking well do I want to hear the story or do I want to hear the bit at the end as no, well they're thinking you want to listen all the way they thinking
1: me and Pete <laughs> Mike and Pete talking about Rob Brown's going to be one episode on its own
0: no 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 <laughs> but I think uh, a lot of the stuff he said towards the end was, uh, was really quite interesting and um, yeah I'd be interested to hear other people's thoughts on on what Rob has to say about the industry and where it's going yeah
1: Give Pete a call when you've got, you know, driving from Newcastle to London.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's roll the music. Uh, today's podcast is slightly different from the first two that we've recorded, in that we have our first guest on the show, so we'd like to uh, welcome Rob Bryan from Clock the Metals. How you doing today, Rob?
2: Ah, Yeah, I'm very well. Uh, Maybe a little nervous, but yeah, well.
0: (laughs) No more nervous than Mike was the first time we did this. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was definitely (laughs) nerve-wracking.
0: Look, we appreciate you being the the first guest on the show. We've had a lot of interest from people since we started the podcast. Um, A lot of people have taken the time to tell us about what we're doing terribly uh, and a little bit about what we might be doing okay. Um, But a lot of people have been a little bit nervous (laughs) about coming on, so... You're the guinea pig now, Rob, so uh, no pressure. I'm sure you'll do a fantastic job today. Hopefully. We'll see. You've been in the metal metal sector since, was Raynham your first job? No, in
2: 95 I started with uh, Caught Steel, ASD Caught Steel. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, came out of uh, engineering, did my apprenticeship. 90s was pretty terrible, Uh, lots of redundancies and uh, needed a job to take uh, to you know pay the bills and uh, keep the family roof over the family's head. So took a job in a warehouse in uh, in East London, Silvertown, for Cort uh, 1995, 17th of August. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, within within about a year uh, became foreman in that warehouse, and uh, yeah worked there for four years, and then went off to Raynham's where. Um, it was a complete change, uh, working at Rainers. They just opened a new facility at Barking. Um, and, uh, I was charging for them, um, for about nine months. Um, uh, then ASD as it was then, uh, the director there asked me to come back and, uh, sort out a few issues with his night shift. and I, and I came back as, uh, as a night shift foreman, um, Worked through there, um, took all the training programs on that were available, become, you know, an instructor, trainer, um, and then, yeah, just, you know, just carried on progressing through, uh, through ASD. ASD then later on become clock the metals as we know it today. Um, okay. you know, and I grew from, you know, foreman to shift manager, um, works manager, ops manager, all on the same site there in, then uh, London. And, uh. Yeah, and then uh, got offered the uh, big opportunity to, to become the general manager of the, uh, the million square foot that is uh, that the Leeds business sits on. Um, and I was only in that role for about 15 months and uh, and then was promoted to the current role as uh, head of operations and logistics of the UK. It uh, sounds like a fairly simple journey, but um, I can assure you it really wasn't. Uh, just, you know, 20, 25 years in the making, but... Yeah, bottom right from the bottom to uh, to somewhere near the top.
0: Yeah, I think you know on the on the first part, I, I mentioned that there's a few big areas we want to talk about, and this is one that we're both really interested in. Me and Mike, this idea of people going from the shop floor all the way through. Um, I know when you spoke to Mike the other day, one of the things he was really interested in was when did you kind of think that you could get to where you got really. Or has it just been a journey?
2: I'm not even sure I've got to where I'm going yet. So, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, there were some periods of uh, of time where I was, you know, fairly static. But then recently there's been certain things that I've done to develop myself that's really sort of pushed that along. I don't think I've ever realized that, I don't think I could have ever realized three years ago that I'd be doing the job I'm doing now. You, know, you always try and reinvent yourself. Uh, keep pushing yourself. You know, look at new, new, uh, new ideas and new things. Retrain yourself. You know, invest in yourself. Really, um, you know, any opportunities that, that that come along, you take them with both hands. Um, you know, I did. I did a, a business NVQ level five with Clock now. I went on a thing that was absolutely fantastic and probably changed my life, which was called the Emerging Leaders Program, which took me all around Europe and over to the US. You know, not many businesses would actually do that with their people. It must have been a significant cost to to the business at the time. Yeah, but you know, that's a knockbacks the... on the way as well, though.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. If I could just take you back to the early times, you know, when you like, you said you took this job as a as a foreman, and it was to you know to feed the family keep a roof over the head as you say i mean at that time when you was just looking for a job and you started i mean where where, what was in your plans then was it just short term it was just a job and you didn't see it necessarily of having a career in this industry sector i mean i
2: had no idea that, that that was what i was walking into at all i had no idea at all i just needed a job i'd uh you know i'd been in engineering um i'd been laid off two maybe three times and i needed to pay you know to pay the mortgage um i'd been doing some uh some mini cabin in between uh just to try and this come along it linked quite well actually um the uh the person that actually employed me i'd actually done some engineering for for a uh, company that did some logistics for them and uh, it just all seemed to fall into place and seemed to be a good fit at the time and uh you know Without the little jaunt, the nine-month jaunt uh, uh, at Rainham Steel, I've sort of been there ever since.
1: Yeah, because when we spoke on the phone last week, one thing that really interested me was there was someone who almost invested a lot of time in you, wasn't there? Like, put almost yeah. took you under your wing, and you, you said me, yeah, they yeah. almost learned in the commercial side as well. So, I mean, you no, know, that obviously that was a big part for you in your career. I mean, if you just just let the listeners know a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I was always keen to to. Um, to better myself and um and i could see that i had a, a gap in commercial knowledge and that was always a blocker for me getting to the next role and it was always seen that the commercial guys were getting the bigger and better roles so i sort of identified that and um, but i had a fantastic mentor i had a couple of fantastic mentors uh, along the way and i and i have one now as well to be fair and um the guy that back then if if you were prepared to give up a lunchtime you know, uh, you can come and sit in his office and whatever's on his desk that he's quoting, you know, come and learn about the commerciality. You know, we'd sit there, eat sandwiches, talk about an order. Um, he'd price the order. I'd price the order. We'd compare the orders, you know, and literally, um, who's the customer? Who am I up against? What's our strategy? You know, that type of thing. What's my relationship like? you know, and and them types of sort of core values of a commercial person was starting to be instilled into an operations type person. Give me a very, very good vision of the commercial side of the business.
1: What made you want to do that? Because there's so many people who who else in your team at that time would have had that could have done that. What made you you do that? You know, did you see that you wanted to go on this journey of of having a career with ASD at the time?
2: Yeah, I suppose I always really just wanted more than I had, you know, well, I always want the next thing. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm quite driven by change. I quite like change. As much as I've stayed at almost one business for, for 25 years, I've never stayed doing the same thing. I quite like change. I like to learn new things, new skills, you know, different sides of the business. So, yeah, you know, I think that's just probably built into me a little bit. But, you know, it's always good when, especially when you're in your early 20s, you know, I think I was 23 when I started with uh, with ASD, caught still, that, you know, you have somebody to tag on to that's prepared to mentor you and at that age and bring you right the way through. So I think that's quite important as well. But, um, but you've got to have a bit of drive and ambition yourself.
0: You kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. yeah you've had a few setbacks there's difficult parts of the journey as well and obviously having a mentor early on is really key but do you think that the company or yourself you know where how do you think it was that you got again all the way through that journey and and overcome some of those setbacks was it more you was it the business i think
2: part and part probably more me than the business um so I took the pushbacks. I took every opportunity that I could as a learning opportunity, whether it was good or bad. So if someone said to me, you're not right for the next role at the moment, you know, well, tell me why, why I'm not right for it and then take that information away and, and use it as a learning opportunity and, and backfill them gaps. I think one of my biggest flaws in the early days was I didn't develop the team behind me. And, um, you know, there was no succession behind me. So very early on, sort of mid-20s I you know I that and and I, I try to make sure now that, that I spend as much time on my team as I do on myself. You know, learn from every knockback that you get and every setback that you get has got to be got to be key you know take it as an opportunity to, to learn and do better next time.
1: Yeah I mean a lot of people <coughs> when they get prog- uh, progress like you have it within your career a lot of people say sometimes it's harder to progress within a business than it is when you come in as a general manager or you come in as a warehouse manager, people say it's really hard to progress. And it's, you mentioned there about bringing the team with you. I mean, when your attitude, you know, or you, you changed the way you conducted yourself, how was it? How did the team react to that? Did you find it hard? I mean, have you found it hard to kind of bring everyone with you, with your journey that, you, that you've that you done, Rob?
2: No, no, not at all. Um, all the teams that I've, that I've led, we, we, we you know we work as a team. I believe it. You know, you have to have consensus. You have to be, you know, a, a team from start to finish. You can't dictate. You've got to bring them on a journey. You've got to lead. You've got to do the dirty stuff yourself as well. You know, you've got to be prepared to throw throw the hours at it as well. You know, first in, last out. There's a lot said for that.
0: We get a lot of people talking to us. Um... You know, since we've set this business up, a lot of people talking about their careers daily with us, the, the good things and obviously a lot of the bad stuff as well. Now, one of the things that me and Mike is, can be a bit frustrating sometimes is people ring us when there's a job opportunity going in their business and they get really frustrated if other people are going to have the same opportunity because they already feel like they should have the role. So they say things like, you know, if I don't get this job, you know, I'm going to leave, you know, can you check out what else is available on the market for us? everyone's had setbacks where they've gone for a job and haven't got it you know what would you say to people you know about having those knockbacks and well you just got it, you know, have a look at back. the gaps
2: Why? you know why did that guy get that job what did he have that i didn't have and the next time when that job comes available or a job like it make sure that you you've you've learned that and you've got that skill
0: yeah that, how, did you, that's... how did you feel though sometimes because you know when you go for something and you don't get it it is a bit of a kick in the teeth you know, how did you kind of overcome that, you know, that rejection?
2: I think you just got to be that, you know, when you're going for any job, you, you know, you, the odds are, there are odds, you know, and in a role like a general manager's role, you're only going to be, a, a, I don't know, what. probably if you get shortlisted, four, five, six to one chance. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be somebody from outside the business that could be better than you. So you've just got to go into the mindset that you know that, you know you know, you don't know what your odds are of getting it, and, um, and don't be disappointed if you don't. But be prepared to throw your hat in the ring and tell people that you want that job. And if you're not going to get it now, please tell me why I didn't get it so I can change them things to make sure that next time when it comes available, I can get it.
1: One of the things that you mentioned earlier on was a lot of self-development. The times where you've had to go away into America, which are great opportunities, but also then um, you need you need support from your family, don't you? Have the right foundations around you, yeah. um, the company to invest in you, and they've obviously seen a someone who's ambition, who's got the right drive and got the right skills. Um, but I mean, these courses that are available were they were they what you asked for? Or did that have you been kind of moulded for the years to to get where you are today? Really, from a group point of view.
2: Um, some that I've pushed for. So uh, my Institute of Leadership and Management Level 5, I pushed for. The Emerging Leaders Program, uh, that was run by a corporate company in, in Germany and the UK. We're asked to select a number of applicants and, and then you go on uh, on a recruitment day for that. So, you know, you've got to get through the recruitment process of the course. Some of it luck, some of it hard work, some of it what I've asked to do and just took it on myself to do, you know.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's amazed me if like when I have spoke to you and, and during this interview is how much time you've done away from work. Because I think a lot of times when people are progressing, they're doing the day, they're doing the job within the work. But actually what you've been doing away from work of self-development it's actually been quite key to the progression you've had within the company. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, you, you know, if you want nice things, you've got to be prepared to put the hours in. You know, there's on-the-job hours and off-the-job hours. You, know, you learn from everything you do. So, hence me doing this. You know, I'm yeah. sure there's something, there's an experience here. I've never done this before, and there's an experience here I'll, I'll learn from.
0: What, what kind of advice would you, you know, you give people, people who are listening to this who've maybe just started their careers in the metal or engineering sector, Rob, like yourself, those years back? <laughs> <laughs> those years back? Uh, or people that are maybe partway through their careers that you know particularly with covid at the moment there's a lot of uncertainty people are stressed but also people are reflecting on their lives what's important to them you know what advice would you give to people as they're going through their career to keep themselves motivated to push forward and not stop kind of dreaming and, and going for the um going for the big jobs well i I think you you should never you should never
2: stop dreaming and and chasing that i think you have to do it in bite-sized chunks and take one step at a time because sometimes you know the next job might not be up it might be sideways but you need just prepare yourself be prepared for the next job you know if you want it be prepared for it you know if you want your operations manager's job or the gm's job and you are the operations manager just be prepared you know, do your gap analysis of what things haven't I got to get that job, and start prepping yourself now for it.
1: You yeah, know, it's amazed me actually, Rob. Speaking to you, it's like when you talk about like the things you haven't got. You you almost seem quite self-critical in some ways. Like, are you, you you're constantly always looking at what you can improve and and being actually honest to yourself? Say, so actually, you know. When you was the foreman, and you was like, "I'm commercially weak," and you went and sat in the office with the general manager. I mean, your general manager must have been, you know, almost surprised that you that you went and done that because, you know, I've done in ten years when I worked in the stockholding industry, I can't, I've never seen a warehouseman think like that, you know, and actually understand the sales point of view, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, it's the old classic: you put an order on at four o'clock, but the warehouse the warehouse don't want to pick it, you know. I mean, obviously, you were trying to you're trying to learn that and understand that side of the business as well, which I think is really key.
2: Yeah, I wanted an overall view of the business. And, uh, and you know, and uh, I I suppose I had aspirations at that point in time of being that general manager at some point in the future. Um, but that offer was also open, which was really surprising. That offer was also open to, the, to all of the commercial guys to go and sit there with us. And uh, they were good commercial guys and they were less lesser commercial guys. And yet not one of them took that opportunity you know, to sit with somebody that's clearly succeeded and and been there and done it. Why wouldn't you, you know? Maybe don't understand that bit myself.
0: You see, now you've got to uh, a different kind of level within the business. You're obviously in a position now to, you know, direct change within the business. So, you know, have you got plans to... Change the way people can develop and the aspirations of the people within your company, or is it similarly? Absolutely,
2: Absolutely. Um, already started. You know, certain training programs through the levy for the apprenticeship levy for for frontline and uh, and lower management levels. Uh, that's already opened up. For me, the future is digital. We already, where I work, we already have some fantastic digital academies, and and I would just I would just be mentoring and championing people to join them. And, and push people digital. I think that's that's the next way forward for most most businesses. You've got to be digital.
0: Because you've like ASD and obviously Clockner now, you went big into online kind of web stores early doors. I remember looking at them many, many years ago when you first kind of released it. Is is that pretty much the future as far as you see the metal sector?
2: Absolutely. If you're not online in the next two to three years you'll miss the boat you know um what's what's coming is artificial intelligence you know people will talk about and it seems a bit sci-fi at the moment and there are some ai programs that do work you know without saying too much about the development (laughs) there's there's already systems and things in place and um, i'm sure if people want to read about clockner and gisbert rule the leader you know you'll see lots about artificial intelligence systems that are run via artificial intelligence you know being able to to have to pick up the telephone as a customer and speak your order into a phone and have a computer decipher that and put that order into an erp system for delivery not that far away
0: interesting but is that all going to be done vocally i mean i'm guessing because i you know i've got to be honest i hate it when i have to ring up a call center and it's the automated voice (laughs) yeah I don't have to start chatting away and saying yes no and stuff like that is it well, there's
2: different there's different versions of that pete you know um you know there's you'll be able to send a pdf and it will do the same thing right yeah or a handwritten document and the ai system will learn the person that they're sending it to them and how it's been written and it'll pick up and it'll pick up the slang of the still language you know how many, how many different ways can you write uh, a bit of three one six eight eight before 10 gauge stainless, yeah, yeah. you know, how many, how many different ways can you write it, you know, in every mm-hmm. different ERP system? But, you know, the AI systems can learn that now.
1: I think people the real German that accent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. I don't understand, Brummy Pete. That's
0: the issue. I uh, know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really into this. I think, you know, we, we looked at this years ago in our little foray into um, going online when we first started stock services up and. I wish we could have kind of pushed it out more, but. Well, you know, I wouldn't, you know, that's it.
2: not, that's not lots of years away. They, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's around the corner. Mm. The technology's there now, you know, being able to match as they call it in the coding world. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not miles away. And that's, you've got to get into that. The businesses have got to get into that. If they don't, they're going to get left behind.
0: I think the, um, it might be a difficult question to answer it, but. One of the things that people worry about is with all AI really in online systems is how it affects their jobs. Because, you know, all businesses, it's a big cost with headcount and that. What would you say to your staff about, you know, this being of benefit to them or adding value to their job rather than just taking it away?
2: Well, if you're an order intaker, you've got to be worried. Yeah. You've got to be worried. You know, if you want to take orders, you've got to be worried. But there's definitely going to be more need for for back office more tech development you know, they said when automation first came in back in the what 40s 50s 60s you know that they'd need less factory workers well what they've got <laughs> is they've got less production workers now and more engineers fixing the yeah. robots you know so you know there's always the need for them people it's just different skills it's really important that you upskill yourself because it's coming mm-hmm. you know, so if you're an older intake uh, importer you, you, you need to get into solution selling you need to get into problem solving that type of selling. You've got to be able to offer uh, somebody a solution, somebody who's got pain a solution, not just expect
1: to take stock bar orders.
0: Yeah, well, we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, didn't we, Mike? We were saying, you know, just because you've got 20 years or 25 years experience and you know all the different grades and chemical analysis and stuff like that, it's not good enough anymore. You know, if people are really serious about their careers, they've, they've got to add more value. And it's not just the salesman saying, oh, I've got a bag of names, you know, operations, the accountants that are in there, everyone needs to be adding value to a business because if they're not, you know, things are going to get streamlined down because of the operating systems that businesses are going to be looking to invest in, in like you say, in the coming decade, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the 20s, when we look back at the 20s, technology will get new technology and we won't even, when we get to 2029, 20, we couldn't even dreamed of where we'll be then.
0: Well, it's exciting times, exciting times. Me and Mike shared in the pilot a couple of things that we'd uh, maybe messed up in our careers. Have there been any kind of huge errors or massively costly mistakes that you, Rob Bryan, have made in your uh, your career? Absolutely done, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe you. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, um, I have a bit of a philosophy, you know. Um, fail, fail fast, fail cheap, fail better next time. Um, but you know, I have had one or two that that uh, have not been cheap. Um, I did, I did build a, I did build a bespoke crane, straddle carrier crane. For outside use, it's three hundred and sixty thousand quid. It bespoke, we designed, and then we really went to town on it. And uh, we dropped it in the yard, got the operators to start uh, training on it and using it, and they absolutely hated it. They would not use it. Every time I went to the site, it was parked in the corner, and they were still using the forklifts and the side loaders. So yeah, it was a it was an expensive uh, three hundred and fifty thousand uh, <laughs> pound machine <laughs> ornament really. It. Yeah. Um, but you know, on on a plus side, you know, there was another site that showed some interest in it. So I I uh, I palmed it off on them and uh, and swapped it for a couple of side loaders. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's back to the commercial days when you're learning off <laughs> the manager. Love it.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Well, look, Rob, it's been a, It's been really great having you on the show tonight. Really enjoyed you um, opening up and being so honest about your career, but also about your thoughts on the future, really, and how the industry might be changing. For those of you that have taken the time to listen, thanks for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to appear on the show or we'll discuss a topic related to the steel, production, distribution or engineering sectors, the easiest way to get in touch with us is to add myself or Mike Bolton on LinkedIn, um, or you can just search Michael Bolton or Peter Comerford there, and uh, join the debate. Um, you can also help us out in a couple of ways. Um, main ones are sharing this podcast, sharing it with a friend or a colleague in the industry or a few. And the other thing you can do to help is uh, write us a review on Apple, on the podcast. That really helps us. But, um, yeah, all that's left to say is uh, cheers, Rob. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. No problem. Uh, thanks, Thanks Rob. for listening. And uh, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Cheers, guys.